Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Speaking of Green with Beth Bond. I am your hostess and curator of Sustainable News at Southeast Green, and we are really honored to have John Radke with us this morning. John Radke is a Water Sustainability Program Director for Coca-Cola North America, and he is um, based in Atlanta, so we're we're thrilled to have him here with us on, on the show. Um, in his role, he manages the company's water stewardship program, which assesses and mitigates water risks facing Coca-Cola operations. Primary areas of focus include water efficiency initiatives, water source water protection strategies, community water partnerships, and sustainable agriculture initiatives with the supply chain. One goal of the company was to return to nature and communities an amount of water equivalent to the water used in Coca-Cola beverages in their production. Mr. Radke's leadership has helped the company reach this goal five years early and to position the Coca-Cola company as an industry leader in water stewardship. John has a bachelor degree in geology and a master's in hydrogeology with over 25 years of professional experience managing a wide range of water supply environmental projects. Thank you so much for being with us, John. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Beth. I'm glad to be here. So I always call water sort of like like you and energy efficiency, right, sort of the forgotten sustainability stories. You know, everyone talks about clean energy and recycling, but we don't spend a lot of time thinking about water. And most consumers, and even business people for that matter, only think about water when we're either in, when we don't have enough or we got too much or it's contaminated. So um, let's just start off by talking about, you know, the goals of the Coca-Cola company in regards to, how um, they're approaching water. Well, Beth, yeah, I agree with your uh, assessment of water. It's, I think, underappreciated um, and undervalued until you're without it. <laughs> then everybody understands the importance of water. Um, from our company's standpoint, when you look at Coca-Cola and the products that we produce, um, it's not hard to imagine how important water is to our, our business. So it's the number one ingredient in virtually everything that we make. Um, but then beyond that, um, you look at the agricultural ingredients that go into our products, um, you know, whether it's sweeteners or juices or whatever it might be, water is a really important component to growing those, those agricultural products. Um, then on top of that, you think about the communities that we operate in, uh, we have to have healthy watersheds and sustainable water supplies in order to have, uh, you know, healthy, economically viable communities. And that's where our, that's where we do our business. You know, our, our consumers and our customers, um, even our employees live in these, these communities. So, you know, we really have a, a vested business interest as a company to uh, make sure that our water supplies are sustainable. And, and I think it's one of those things where people probably are like, this is a dumb moment. Like, well, duh, of course water is involved. But, you know, when you're thinking about um, the products line that you give, I mean, even even the the, the milk that you all sell, I mean, that's touched by water, right? I mean, everything you all do is touched by water. Everything we do, and I would argue everything anybody does 
is touched by water. I mean, there's there's an embedded water component into almost every product that that you purchase or product that you use, whether it's um, you know the food that you eat or you know leather shoes that you wear or, or anything. So yeah, I, th- I think water is important for everything, including our products. And I would say especially right. our products. Right. So um, tell us, y'all have taken a very, I would say, not to use aggressive negatively, but a very positive, aggressive approach to water reduction. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, so I've, we've kind of set the, the stage how important water is to our company. Um, if you layer on top of that a lot of the issues that we're facing right now, uh, both here in the U.S. and the Southeast and then globally, um, you know, there's water scarcity problems in a lot of parts of the world. There's actually something that people refer to as the global water crisis going on. Um, you know, there's growing population, um, increasing droughts uh, when you factor in uh, climate change issues, uh, and you've got to feed all these new people, you know, coming on the planet here in the next several years. Uh, there's going to be much more water demand. In fact, they estimate the experts estimate that there's going to be a 40% deficit in water demand versus water supply by the year 2030. So, um, you know, there's a, a lot of reasons why we really need to to buckle down and get a handle on, uh, you know, our, our water issues. So, um, our company is we, we tackle our, our water sustainability program on several different levels. Um, we, we developed this global strategy to deal with some of these issues. And the very first pillar in the strategy is making sure that we are really using this resource efficiently in our operations. You know, the things that we can control ourselves in our plants, in our bottling plants, um, like improving water efficiency. And there's lots of ways that, that we do that. Um, everything from, from uh, establishing really robust leak detection programs to improving our, uh, our cleaning procedures. Uh, we call those cleaning in place CIPs, and you can set that up in ways where you do it as efficiently as possible. Also, uh, here's kind of a, an example that, that people can, can kind of visualize. So whenever before we put our product in the bottles and cans, typically we would rinse those cans with you know, clean potable water. Now, in most of our operations, we rinse those cans with deionized air so that we save that water. Um, so it's really important. That's kind of like the, I call it the blocking and tackling of water stewardship is making sure that we do things as efficiently as we can in our operations. Well, and that's really funny because for those of us who live in Atlanta and have people come, we all, you know, hike the family or the visitors down to the Coca-Cola Museum. And one of my mother's favorite parts of the museum is the bottling section and i and now that i'm thinking about it i'm like oh they have stopped using water in that bottling section and now i'll be able to tell them why thank you for that <laughs> sure yeah there, there's um, two kinds of people in the world some people might just get bored by uh you know these kind of nuts and bolts um processes but other people get excited about them because uh, that that's really where you you have your biggest water savings Right. Well, and I always think I always love going to manufacturing regardless of what kind of – because it is so fascinating how things are put together and all the robots and everything. So um, now – 
Some of the other um, things that you're doing um, in Atlanta are sort of interesting, which is sort of like the decorative water fountains. Uh, that's right. So here at our uh, headquarters, you know, we, it, it's a pretty nice campus, and, and, you know, we had fountains and things like that. But during, during droughts, we will turn off those water fountains, um, reduce irrigation, uh, take steps like that. In fact, at our uh, company headquarters, uh, we also have put in uh, highly efficient um, bathroom facilities, uh, waterless urinals, uh, things like that. Um, also in our, uh, our kitchens, you know, we, we use a lot of low-flow fixtures there. So we're taking a lot of steps here at our headquarters in addition to the bottling plants to save water. And um, y'all are, um, do you have any metrics on that? So what we do is we track our water use in our operations very closely. Uh, so we look, know what our total water use is at each of our facilities, and then we also have an efficiency metric. We call it water use ratio. So it's a ratio of how much water is used to produce, you know, a volume of product. So um, how many liters of water does it take to make one liter of product? Uh, so we measure that at each of our facilities, and we set goals around that. Um, we set goals globally across the whole system. We have goals just for the U.S., and then each specific plant has goals for efficiency. So you're, I mean, you're not only measuring, you're like Uber measuring. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and in fact, in some cases, uh, you know, if you, if you uh, invest in a plant to put in some water-saving projects or devices, uh, you do get a payback. Um, but, you know, because you're using less water, therefore you're buying less water. So there is some incentive there. But once you get down, you know, the easy stuff, and the low-hanging fruit is gone, then you have to really invest more money to, to realize these savings. Sometimes it even goes beyond getting that, that financial payback, but in cases like if there's drought-stricken regions, you know, you, you implement these, these projects just because it's, it's the right thing to do. Right. Right. Well, and, and even though there may not be, like, a financial payback, you know, within what people consider reasonable, there's an environmental payback that outweighs the cost, right? Exactly. And plus, you know, if we can reduce our water use, that means there's more water available for the community. Um, and we try to look at things long-term. Uh, you know, we've been in business for 130 years. If we want to continue to be in business, you know, we need to, to uh, really tighten up our operations and then hopefully inspire others to uh, do the same. Awesome. Well, now, there's some ways that you really touch the community directly that I actually have uh, – I've witnessed and been involved with. So we talked about reduction. Now let's talk a little bit about reuse. So tell us about what y'all are doing to educate consumers about the the importance of water. So we our our water strategy does have multiple facets to it. Um, so the in the reuse or you can consider it recycle piece, uh, there's different components. Uh, one of the the main things we do is make sure that the process water in our operations, um, and that's the water we use for cleaning, et cetera, that does not go into the product. Uh, we make sure that it is treated, and when it goes out to the environment, that it's suitable for aquatic habitat and meets all local regulations for water quality. Um, 
So in effect, that then is returned to the environment for um, you know possible other uses downstream. Um, also, within our our operations, bottling operations, we try to reuse water as much as possible. So if uh, you know there may be um, s some process where you're you're rinsing something, um, but that water is still fairly clean, then we can capture that water and reuse it for other purposes in the plant. You know whether it goes to cooling towers or boilers or things like that. So um, there, there's a real uh, push to try to get the, the drops, each drop in that plant to dance more than once. Um, so, and then another way we look at re, reuse, um, when, you, when you think about when it rains and you get storm water um, that comes down and then it, it picks up all the, the contaminants and whatnot that might be on the, the ground or parking lots or rooftops, um, and we've, we've uh, funded a lot of uh, programs that promote rain barrels and rain gardens. So, in fact, we even donate our uh, ingredient drums that are used. Um, instead of sending them back to Recycler, we'll donate them to local municipalities or watershed groups to convert them into rain barrels. So people, residents can come and we hold workshops and they can retrofit these barrels and then take them home, hook it up to their downspouts, collect this water that otherwise would have gone down to the storm drain and you know maybe cause cause flooding problems or whatnot. Instead they can capture that water and reuse it to water their lawns, their gardens, wash cars, things like that. Um, also with rain gardens, you take some of the water that comes off of rooftops or impervious surfaces and you direct it toward uh, these bioswales in the ground that have native vegetation planted and and um, you put some uh, uh, permeable layers underneath there and it takes that water and it soaks into the ground. So it recharges the aquifers instead of putting the pressure on the storm drains. So th there's kind of a, a different ways that we can reuse water, sometimes inside the plant and then even outside. Um, and I'm going to dig a little geeky deeper on this issue because I think this is important for everyone to understand. When when we talk about delivery of water to our homes and our businesses and, you know, into a community, we don't really understand it. I had the great misfortune or fortune to have a job where I actually got to go to wastewater treatment plants, and um, which, you know, the most places. <laughs> yeah. No girl should ever have to go to a wastewater treatment plant unless they volunteer. That's all I have to say. But um, they – people don't think about the cost of the infrastructure – to clean the water, to manage the water, to transport the water back and forth all day long. And that's why I think what y'all are doing is so important because you're not only um, reducing the burden on the systems, you're actually reducing the cost to run the systems. No, you're exactly right. So there's, there's a lot of stress, unneeded stress, put on municipal systems. Um, and, in fact, it, it costs a lot of um, money for municipalities to pump all this water around, to treat it and pump it. Usually that's the electricity bill, just to move water is a municipality's largest single bill. Um, so if we can, can reduce the stress on that, then it helps everybody. Well, and of course, moving water is, you know, the heaviest thing that, you know, you transport to. Right, right. So, um, so there's a, a, a really cool sort of project y'all have in Alabama 
do you want to tell us a little bit more about that, where you sort of combined all these things? Uh, so we have, um, first of all, a whole litany of projects uh, that we're doing around water stewardship. Um, we have a, uh, a a project in Birmingham where um, we we help fund this wetland in the downtown city of uh, Birmingham, and it's called the Railroad Stormwater Wetland System. Um, and so what they do there is it's, it is a stormwater management project. Instead of, uh, as I mentioned, the stormwater going down the drain, they um, redirect it towards this park. And they've created a park that has, first of all, the constructed wetlands, which Coca-Cola is a big part in, in producing those. And it actually cleans the water um, as it goes through there so that when it finally is discharged to a stream that it is, you know, it meets all the, all the water quality requirements. Also, there's impervious surfaces that are installed everywhere. So as much water as possible can soak into the ground so that the local stormwater management system doesn't have to, have to uh, deal with it. So that ends up saving the municipality a lot of uh, uh, money in moving water around. It also um, creates this this really nice looking park where the public can come and enjoy um, and walk around and be active. Um, and then it also cleans the streams uh, right around the city. So that's one of those projects that has uh, multiple benefits to it. But that is a huge project. I mean, that is no little feat to, to make all that happen. So that's really cool that y'all can take your expertise and go into a uh, a municipality and sort of help with your expertise, help them re-envision how this all gets done. Right. And we were just a, a one part of that project. You know, there was lots of other uh, partners. Um, so, you know, we, we have to rely on our partners to, uh, to uh, you know, kind of help direct what's best for um, the environment. Right. Now, y'all have just hit um, a big sustainability goal in regards to water, and you did it early, so congratulations. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So our, our water strategy, um, as I was alluding to a little bit earlier, um, involves you know, doing the right things in the, the plants and then also working with our, our supply chain and making sure they're as efficient as possible. Um, also looking out into the watersheds um, to try to figure out where our water comes from and what we can do to make that more sustainable, see what risks and vulnerabilities are out there, and then we develop plans to help mitigate that. Um, and then another part of our strategy is to actually become a, a global leader in water stewardship and start using the, the scale and voice of our company to raise awareness around water issues and influence policy um, and really just you know, put ourselves in a leadership position in this space. So in order to be a leader, we had to, you know, actually do something, kind of walk the talk, if you will. So, so we developed this, this really, uh, um, I think it's innovative and kind of a stretch goal around water stewardship where we said we're going to balance all of our water use. So for every drop we use, we're going to give one back. Um, and so the way we do that, in addition to you know reducing the, the amount that we use in our plants and making sure that the processed water that does go out the back of the plant is is uh, discharged in the environment you know at levels that are suitable for aquatic habitat etc we still have to account for the volume of water in the products that we produce 
So we've developed a program we call Replenish. And this program, it returns to nature and communities that same amount of water that's in our beverages. Um, and we do that through largely through watershed restoration projects. We've kind of uh, several years ago developed a methodology in conjunction with some of our NGO partners um, to find ways that we can support projects that kind of recreate the natural hydrology in a watershed. And then we found a way to quantify that um, so that we can get a volume of water that's benefiting the watershed, and then we use that to balance the water use that goes in our projects. So I, I can give a couple of examples of that. Um, it's kind of hard to just visualize, uh, but I will try to paint this picture. <laughs> um, so one of the projects that, we, that we're working on um, in the headwaters of the Rio Grande is a, a project where we're restoring these high mountain meadows that have been degraded over many years from uh, grazing, uh, some mining activity, things like that. And what happens is the streams up there start to get eroded and they start to uh, cut down. So um, what happens when, that, when they do that, they uh, drop the water level in these meadows. The meadows are supposed to store a whole bunch of water. It's like a, a big natural reservoir up there um, of these wetlands, things like that. But whenever these streams get degraded, it just drains those things out. So what we did is we funded a project uh, through our partnership with the U.S. Forest Service, and also Trout Unlimited is involved in that. Uh, we funded a project to go up there and restore these mountain meadows. And so what happens is you build these structures, you kind of back up the water behind them, and it restores the natural hydrology, and in fact kind of recreates those big wetlands up there. So now we've recreated, recreated these big storage areas, so during the hot, dry periods of the year, it'll continue to feed cool, clean water to the Rio Grande system. So that's just one kind of example of the water replenish projects that we do. That particular project that we're working on, uh, we've been working on it for two years, and we're getting about 200 million liters per year of replenish to help balance our water use. That's really cool. I, we're going to run out of time. Do you mind if I ask one more question and I'll just push us a couple minutes over? Oh, please do. So we've been talking about these projects that are sort of collaborative between um, <clears throat> municipalities, communities, and business. And, and you all, I think, are, have a lot of great examples of that strategy, but it's sort of a new strategy. You know, you know when it came to water, uh, old school was the municipality handled it, um, then they managed everybody inputting and taking out from the system. So can you talk a little bit more about this collaborative idea of where people are actually coming to the table and planning together instead of sort of the municipality or local government being being the 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 administrator? So, yeah, so we've learned a uh, long time ago that, in order to uh, have the greatest impact and to scale up, you know, the impacts of the work we do, uh, it's important to collaborate with with uh, all stakeholders. So we, our, our um, CEO and chairman, Mutar Kent, always talks about the golden triangle of partnerships, and that's where corporations, 
civil society and government can get together and work together on projects. Um, and whenever we all come together like that, you can start to solve some, you know, seemingly intractable problems. Um, and just by putting our expertise together and funding sources together, we can accomplish a lot more. So, and, and also I will add that, you know, we, we are a beverage company. You know, we know how to make um, beverages and, and uh, market those beverages. We don't necessarily know how to restore all watersheds, things like that. So uh, we have to rely on partners that are experts in that area. Um, so that's why we, we uh, partner with the Nature Conservancy and Chattahoochee Riverkeeper and River Network and World Wildlife Fund and the U.S. Forest Service and this whole litany of, of partners that help us accomplish our, uh, our common goals. But it's sort of the way it's supposed to be, right? I mean, everybody working together to make a better a better uh, solution than if people were working sort of in silos. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing how much you can get done just by working together and instead of working against each other, too. Another thing right. that we're we're really focusing on now is as I mentioned, you know, we're we're we've positioned ourselves as a leader in the water space, a corporate leader. Um so we're trying to inspire other companies to kind of follow our lead um and establish similar goals and join us in this this journey to help, you know, sustain our our country's water supplies. I heard I was at an event and Oh, I think it was on Smart Cities, uh, which was at a very cool venue. Let me just take an aside and say, if you haven't been to the Porsche track down by the airport in Atlanta, oh, my goodness, go. Because um, we were, like, hearing the Smart Cities presentations, and there's Porsches running around on the track in the background. Um, and they were talking about this new sense of coopetition. Have you heard that? Uh, no, I haven't, but I think I can take the meaning of it. Right, so basically they had all these technology companies who are competitors, you know, on the face value, but who are working collectively to make our city smart. So I thought that was sort of a cool way to, to put it, so coopetition. Huh, okay. So, um, they start using that. <laughs> that's right. I'm like, you totally use it. I can't remember who said it, but don't credit me because I'm just – being the minor bird. So, John, anyway, we have run out of time, and I just want to thank you so much for helping us understand the important work that Coca-Cola is doing to be a good corporate citizen. And um, if you don't mind giving some contact information, if people want more information on the work that y'all are doing, um, that would be great. Uh, sure. So uh, people should go to our Coca-Cola website, um, our Coca-Cola Journey website, and that's our kind of online magazine and it'll show all the work we're doing in sustainability. Super. Thank you so much for being a guest today. I really enjoyed it, and um, I'm really excited to hear about uh, all the work you're doing. Hope you have a wonderful holiday season, and um, maybe we'll meet sometime in Atlanta. Yeah, hopefully so. Thanks a lot, Beth. Great. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. I think it's really easy uh, with the, the current political environment, which – in some ways, has been our is the new norm, right? Where there seems to be massive dysfunction. That it's we get distracted and we think that things are sort of end of cycle, or you know, or you know, we're going to go backwards or whatever. But that's what I love about sustainability. 
Um, there are so many people working on it. There are so many people who are doing their part. And there's been so much forward progress that even if we take a couple of steps back, um, there are good people like John out there doing the work day in and day out, helping communities thrive and their organization thrive at the same time. And it's really exciting to see. And I can guarantee one thing. I don't. I am not a crystal ball person, but I know that there are hundreds of thousands of John Rackies out there doing that kind of work. And it all adds up, and it's all important. So we really applaud um, John and the important work that he does in Coca-Cola for, you know, having the, the vision to, to do that kind of work. So we are approaching the holiday, uh, the big, big Christmas holiday. And actually this year, Hanukkah falls at the same time as Christmas, so two big holidays. And we want to thank all of our listeners so very much for um, all their time and uh, listening to the show and all the feedback we get. It's really wonderful, and I am very blessed and honored to serve you all uh, and letting my geekiness out. So um, we will we are going to be actually sort of ramping up episodes in the new year. I hope you all will pay attention to that. Please remember that if you're listening to this on a podcast, a a thumbs up or like or whatever they call it on a podcast would really help um, us build a larger audience on these important issues. And remember that you can always go to Southeast Green and get all kinds of news on sustainability and environmental policy and how to live uh, greener on the planet personally. So just thank you all so much for um, being our uh, listeners, and we really appreciate those who um, support the show. And have a Merry Christmas. And I don't have another show planned until 2017, but you know me, it could always happen. So if we don't hear, uh, if you don't hear from me again from 2017, I hope you and your family um, have a wonderful and blessed uh, holiday. However you celebrate, it's good for you, and it's 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 that if it's good for you, and it's, it makes me happy. So we're signing off with Jeff Hicks and the Heretics, Lisa Peach. <laughs>